church and I'm so pumped and I'm so excited because today we have a guest speaker, actually one of my closest friends. He comes from Jakarta, from Asia, Indonesia. His name is Juan Mogi. Juan Mogi, this is the post. Thank you so much that you came all the way to Zurich. And 31 years ago, your father, he has planted the church and now you took it over. And I've seen with my own eyes that your church has grown rapidly. People got saved. They God is healing people in your church and God has given you a very unique teaching and preaching gift and I'm so blessed that you just are here right now and church let's stand up for a moment and let's welcome Pastor Mogi with a tremendous crazy loud and vibrant applause. Come on church! Wow! Thank you so much. Good evening church. How are you? Okay you may be seated. How many of you really hunger and thirst for the words of God? Wow. I would like to thank Pastor Leo and Susanna Bigger for having me here and of course all the leadership team. And I enjoy so much the two times services this morning. And before we hear the words of God, I would like you to see the clip from our church because when you know us more, you love us more. Let's see this short clip. I have one wife named Lucia and one daughter named Teresa. So this evening I would like to talk about the art of worship. Why I use the word the art? Because the more I learn about worship, the more truth that got revealed to me. And for this evening, the subject is worship is obedience. Can we say it together? Worship is obedience. So during the sermon, if I say worship is, can you help me 
to shout together obedience let's try it worship is oh we can make it two times louder worship is so how many of you this evening love to worship god wow look at that how many of you are the true worshipers okay jesus said in john 4 verse 23 it goes like this but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father is seeking such to worship him until now the father is still seeking the true worshipers when we call the true worshipers there must be the wrong or the false worshipers and my prayer is when the father is looking for the true worshipers father can find the true worshipers here in this place there is a difference between worship and worshipers people who love to worship god do not mean they are worshipers but a worshiper they surely love to worship God there is a man called Abraham and from this story I will share the words about obedience so Abraham longed for a kid and God kept on giving him promises that your descendants will be like sands on the beach and stars in the skies and at the age of hundred years old God gave a son named Isaac and one day God spoke to Abraham, but in the, another verse of the Bible, it says like God tested Abraham. And God said to Abraham, would you please take your son Isaac and go to the land of Moriah and please offer him as a burnt sacrifice to me. And the Bible said the next day early in the morning, Abraham saddled his donkeys and called two of his servants, and together with the son Isaac, four of them, they go to the land of Moriah. And until certain point, after three days of walking, Abraham stopped and said to the two of his servants, and he said like this, why, why don't both of you stay here while I and my son, we will go to worship God and we will come back here. Uh, well, let's do math for a moment. There are four of them. And when, they, when Abraham said uh, to the two of his servants, both of you stay here and I with my son will sacrifice the offering. It means when he slay Isaac, his son, it will leave nothing. So only Abraham himself. So he's not supposed to say we will come back here. He has to say, I will come back here. So continue the story. When Abraham walked with his son Isaac, Isaac, Isaac asked his dad, Dad, you bring the fire, you bring the knife, you bring the wood. Where is the lamb for the sacrifice? And Abraham answered his son, the Lord will provide. And they arrived at the destination. When they arrived at the destination, and he bound Isaac, his son. When he take the knife and ready to slay his son, Isaac, there is a voice behind him, and it comes from the angel of the Lord. Abraham, don't slay your son, because now we know that you fear God. And when Abraham turned his head, he saw a ram already provided by God to offer a sacrifice. So from this story, we can learn that some people, 
they worship God because they think they can get something from the one who they are worshiping. But in this case, Abraham worshiped God. He even doesn't get anything. He even didn't get anything. But he worshiped God even though it is difficult. He obeyed what God said. And the first word of worship we can find here in Genesis 22, verse 5. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship. Can we say together? We will worship. And then we will come back to you. What is the true obedience? Probably we say, well, pastor, we obey God. Let's see these four things together and we conclude how obey are we. Number one, are you ready for the first one? Number one, obedience based on trust. How many of you trust God? He's the Savior, He's the Lord. How many trust God 100%? Woo! I think we can shorten the message. All of you trust God 100%. John 3.36 says like this, He who believes in the Son has eternal life. But he who does not obey the Son. Why some people, they do not obey the Son? Because they don't put their trust in God. But he who does not obey the Son will not see life. But the wrath of God abides on him. How many of you here in Switzerland having problem with weight control? Because we are in Asia having problem with weight control. I myself have to struggle to control my weight. So none of you in this third surface? Oh, okay, it's one, okay, thank you. So I can still connect. So a lot of diets that all the experts recommended, like uh, don't eat bad carbs, don't eat salt too much. Don't eat sweets. So last July, Pastor Leo sent me a text and he said, Pastor Mogi, why don't you try avoiding sugar and sweets? I've been trying for several months and at the time he said, I lost four kilos. When, when he uh, sent me the text, I was queuing for gelato in Italy. <laughs> so... After paying and got the ice cream, I said to my friend, why don't, you, why don't you taking me a picture and I will post in my Instagram so it is a proof. And I will say, I, I, I'm trying to avoid sugar, not to have sweets and sugar for the whole month of July. So a lot of comment uh, coming in. And come on, enjoy your life. How come you live and do not take sweets? And some people said also, look at the ants. They like sugar, but they still small. <laughs> so I, I, I succeeded uh, this program. So during one month, for a month, I didn't take any sugar or sweets and I lost probably three or four kilograms. It depends what you trust. One night, a friend of mine invited me to his birthday party. So all, all of the ladies sat in one table and all of the gentlemen sat in one table. So his father-in-law looked at me and said, uh, well, young man, sorry to say, but I think you are overweight. Said, uh, uh, yes, uncle. 
hurt inside, but it's, it's, it's too personal. But I said, yes, I was, I was fatter than you before. I was unhealthy. But now you look at me. He's, he's in a good shape, skinny, look fresh at the age of 70-something. Are you interested? Uh, I said, well, okay. Let me teach you. We call it this diet is blood type diet. What is your blood type? I said, I don't know. I said, honey, I asked my wife, uh, what is my blood type? She said, A, okay, A, uncle. Okay, if your blood type is A, please don't take these things. Soda, cow milk, coconut, ice cream, squid, prawn, crab, cuttlefish, frog, eel, lobster, orange, pickles, papaya, banana, melon, honeydew, duck, lamb, chicken, goose, beef, Bitter melon, margarine, cheese, tomatoes, eggplant, sweet potatoes. I look at uncle and said, uncle, I think I changed my mind. My blood type is not A, but my blood type is the blood of Jesus. He has died on the cross and set me free. It depends to what you believe. If you trust in God, Everything's written in the Bible is for our sake. What is the true obedience? Obedience based on trust. There is a young rich ruler in the Bible. One day he came to Jesus and he asked this question to Jesus. Good teacher, what should I do to have an eternal life? Jesus said, it's very easy. You just do the things written in the laws. Which one? The young man asked Jesus. Do not steal. Do not commit adultery. Honor your parents. Do not lie. And all the things. And the young man said to Jesus, well, I didn't commit one of those things. I'm clear. What is lacking from me? And Jesus looked at that young man. You can go home now, sell all of your possessions, your property, your houses, your gold, your cars. You mean my Ferrari, Jesus? Yes, your Ferrari, your Lamborghini, your Fettuccini, all of your cars collection. You sell it, and then you give the money to the poor and come back to ICF Zurich to follow me. And the Bible says, this young man left Jesus disappointed and with sorrowful. Even he didn't say, bye-bye, Jesus. Thank you for the answer. Why is it? It seems that he is spiritual, but he didn't put his trust on the Lord. The Father is not looking for the person who are very fluent in worship, can memorize hundreds of songs, but he is looking for the true Worshippers. Worship is? Worship is? Number two. What is the true obedience? Obedience based on love. How many of you love Jesus? Woo. John 14, 23. It says like this. Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Last July when I was in Italy with my friends and we check in at one hotel. 
And I used to be faithful to one airlines and one hotel. We call it like a loyal member, and we get a loyalty membership. Why I did so? Because I used to travel, and it helps a lot. Let's say the check-in time is 3 p.m. We can do early check-in without paying additional fee. And we can have a late check-out, not upon availability, but we can get it. Like the check-out time is 12. We can do the check-out at 5 p.m. So the first thing that we asked, they rejected. They said, oh, we cannot do that. I said, it is written in the rules. Well, we cannot, we cannot do that. So can I, can I ask for a late check-out? Uh, you just come back tomorrow, and I'll let you know. So tomorrow morning, I come back and ask the receptionist, how about my late checkout? The late checkout is at 12, and I'm asking one hour only. So 1 p.m., I request 1 p.m. as the late checkout. So he said, uh, why don't you just go back uh, tomorrow when you check out and let me know whether you can have a checkout or not. But I said, it is written in the rules that I have the right, not upon availability, not upon checkout, but now you have to make sure that I can have a late checkout. And when I got angry, my English become more fluent. <laughs> so when, I, when the, the tone is getting higher, uh, I feel like I felt something's not good inside me. So I left him. I went to the breakfast room, met my wife and my daughter. The breakfast was so good. In the middle of the breakfast, Holy Spirit spoke to me. What you did just now was not good. You were not supposed to behave like that. You said you want to be like Jesus, but just now it was not Jesus. I said, God, it, it prevents other guests to be disappointed. I have to tell them the right things. Yes, but the way you responded was not like Jesus. So what should I do? You go back to the receptionist, meet the person, and say sorry. What? And the good breakfast, the, the last part of the breakfast was not good anymore. So the reason why I'm asking for the late checkout because of this view. So beautiful, because I have to buy another train ticket for the next destination. So I just need one hour to, to shower and to get dressed and then go to the station. So I went back to the receptionist and I said, sir, I do apologize for what I did just now. I was not supposed to behave like that. I'm sorry. And I left him. Guess what? What time I get the checkout? Still 12. <laughs> but the thing is, not 12, 1, or 5, but I did this because I love Jesus. How many of you love Jesus? That's the true obedience. Worship is? Number three. Are you guys learning something? Obedience based on understanding. Matthew 13, verse 23. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. 
How many of you want to produce hundredfold fruits in your life? The key is understanding. Actually, the thing will become easy when we really understand why. When the why is clear, the how is easy. When the why is clear, the how is easy. A lot of people, they seem, they look like spiritual. They, they do giving. They do minister as a volunteer. They raise their hands. They do fasting. But most of them, they do not understand why they do those things in life. Why Abraham wants to slay, to kill his own son. The first one, because he trusts God. He is a good God. Number two, because he loves his God. He loves his God. Number three, because he understands when God tested someone, God will give that person a strength. God will give a way out to the person that he is testing. This understanding is very important in our life. Number four, what is the true obedience? Obedience based on one thing, to be a blessing. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 13, because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. We've been married for more than 16 years. So I will tell you a story when we met. So when I know that I like her, I ask her for dinner. I ask her for dates. And after several times, I couldn't express my love to say, I like you, I love you. And then one night after, after we finished the dinner and on the way back home, she asked me, why, why do you keep on inviting me for dinner? I said, this is, this is God's timing. This is Kairos. Uh, I, I said to her, because I like you. And she looked at me, I like you too. And I said, I don't want to have a long period for dating, and let's get married. And she looked at me, and I said, can I tell you two things? Sure. Number one, I will not kiss you until we are, we are blessed by the pastor in the holy matrimony. And she stared at me, who wants to be kissed? And number two, I don't want to have sex until we are blessed in the holy matrimony. She stared at me and she said, okay, deal. I said, Let, let's take some time, like one month, two months, to pray together and we decide. Okay, that's the story. What it relates with this point, obedience based on wanting to be a blessing. And after I said that, and we went on dating, several times I regretted why I said those things to my wife, to, to, to my girlfriend at that time. It, it is difficult, even as a pastor, not to do the things that I already said. It's very difficult. But the impact is so powerful. 
a lot of couples in our church, they are blessed in the holy matrimony and they come with the holiness. They promise they will do sex after they get blessed by the Lord. Just simple obedience can make our life becoming a blessing to others. Our life can inspire others. So number one, obedience based on trust. Number two, obedience based on love. Number three, obedience based on understanding. And number four, obedience based on wanting to be a blessing. How many of you want to be an obedient person? There are two things to close this message. How to be an obedient person. Number one is learn. Hebrew 5 verse 8 says like this, although he was a son, although Jesus was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. It sounds easy. It looks easy, but it is not easy. Sometimes when we obey God, we have to go through suffering. Can I ask some questions and you answer honestly? How many here are wives? Wives, can I ask you a question? The Bible says like this. Wives, submit to your husband as you submit to Christ Jesus the Lord. How many of you wives, sometimes you find difficulties to submit to your husband? Okay, one say never, two, okay. Well, pastor, I want to submit, but he's stupid. I want to submit, but he's stingy. I want to submit, but he's rude. The key to obey the word is learn, even though it is not easy to submit to our husband, but when we decided to obey, we learn how to obey. Now, husbands, please answer this honestly. The Bible says, husbands, Love your wives as you love yourself. Love your wife as Christ Jesus loves the church, even died on the cross. Husbands? <laughs> not yet, not yet. How many of you sometimes find difficulties to love your wife as the Bible said? Well, pastor, she cannot stop talking. He kept on talking. It's not easy. But the only way to obey is to learn. The first time we started the service in our new facility was December 2012. And we started from the small uh, room, small room. We, we haven't moved to the, to the grand ballroom, just in the small room, two times services. And God said, move to the Grand Ballroom, December 2014. I'm worried because it is so big. But after we move, it is full. Two surfaces full with people. And God said to me, start another surface. I like to, to use this word. When God says something, I used to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 
Can we try together? One, two, three. Yes, Lord. Submit to your husband. Love your wife as Christ loved the church. It's getting weaker. And after, after we started the third service, God said, start the fourth service. It's not easy, but I said, yes, Lord. God said, start the fifth service. Yes, Lord. Last month, the usher came to me when I, I, I just about to start the message. Please tell the people who were in the overflow to leave the place because it's very dangerous. I said, I'm sorry for the people who cannot come into the overflow. Can you please go home and come to the next service because it's very dangerous. So now because I obey, we have five services and next March 2019, we will be starting the sixth service. And then last March, last March 2018, we just finished our obligation, financial obligation uh, for the building. And can some of you feel, how, how does it feel to finish our financial obligation? It feels like God set us free. Ah, thank you, Jesus. And a few weeks after we settled the financial obligation, God said to me, start the next building. Jesus, we just finished our financial obligation. How many services you can do in one Sunday? I said, probably seven. How about if I send a great harvest time to your church? I said, I still have Friday. I still have Saturday. We can still have nine services. How about if I send more souls to your church? I said, no place, Lord. Build the Gilgal Center too. As a human, it's not easy. We have to look for a land about 2.5 acres. But God is very good. And I said to him, yes, Lord. It is not easy. No fun yet because we just finished the financial obligation. But what I said to Jesus is, yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. And this is the picture of 5,000 seats for the Gilgal Center too. I don't know why. I don't know when we, will, we can accomplish this building. But when God asks us to do something, we better obey. Because worship is obedience. And the last one. How to be an obedient person? Die. Philippians 2 verse 8, it says like this. He humbled himself. Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. Even death on a cross. Cross is like this. Sometimes when we want to obey, it is hard because our will is different with God's will. Our plan is different with God's plan. And when I read this verse, I imagine when people die, it looks like this. No matter how hard the command is, how difficult it is, we have to die for ourselves 
and say, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. My prayer is, when God is looking for the true worshipers, God will find the true worshipers here in this place. Because we already know that worship is obedience. trust your sovereignty when there is no clarity because I can't sit forever in my disappointment and pain. I'm going to stand and I'm going to sing again, sing again, sing again. Fear loves to limit you. Fear loves to keep you where you are. Fear wants you to do what you have always done and never do anything else. Fear wants to shackle your potential and fear always wants to limit you. But every everlasting change starts with the Word of God. The Word of God has a power in it like nothing else. Jesus, I'm afraid. Jesus, let's do it. And there are moments when you are in a ladder, when you are facing an area where you're super afraid. Pray, grab, hold, face, and please don't give up.